When you're leading a team, sooner or later, you're going to run into conflict. Whether it's something somebody said or did, eventually there's gonna be a moment where your team just isn't all on the same page. And the type of leader you are, combined with your personality, will influence when you notice it, how you deal with it, and how your team makes it through. Because this is so important, and there are so many different ways a team deals with conflict, we're gonna focus on that today. So if you'd like to help your team manage through conflict a little bit better, then stick around because the Church Helper Podcast starts right now. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Church Helper Podcast. Our mission here at Church Helper is to help churches make every decision on purpose. My name is Mike, and I'm excited to help you and your church today. So let's just get into it, because today, we're gonna talk about four different ways that conflict manifests itself in your team and how you can deal with it well. Today's episode is influenced by a book that I quite enjoyed called Working in Groups by Edelberg and Wynn. I put a link in the description below this episode in case you wanna grab it. And with that, let's just get into it. Number one, avoidance. Wynn and Edelberg say this about avoidance. Members use an avoidance conflict style when they are unable or unwilling to accomplish their own goals or contribute to achieving the group's goal. In some cases, members who care about the group and its goals may adopt the avoidance style because they are uncomfortable with or unskilled at asserting themselves. Group members who use this style may change the subject, avoid bringing up a controversial issue, and even deny that conflict exists. Now, We've all been in a group with this person, or maybe you've been that person. A person who sees conflict or a problem brewing and just chooses to push it away and pretend that everything's normal. And I'm sure that you know this, but avoiding conflict in just about every leadership setting, whether it's a church or somewhere else, will almost always lead you to a bad place. Because avoidance fosters a lack of productivity, exponential growth in resentment, which is not really an area you'd like to see considerable growth in, and the sense that a team is no longer trusting each other. Because when you know somebody is avoiding conflict, it can quickly turn into, well, they're not talking about one thing, so what else aren't they talking about? And if you're a leader, even though sometimes it might be easier, you need to resist the urge to avoid conflict. It allows a team to become disjointed and often requires more work to fix the problem than it would have if you just dealt with it dead on in the first place. And also, the conflict never goes away. Somebody might calm down or forget about their feelings for a while, but eventually they're gonna come back and they're going to be much bigger feelings than they were if they had just been handled the right way the first time. So, as a person who has tried this strategy before and failed, let me tell you, it's better to bite the bullet and try to work it out. Number two, accommodation. Wynn and Edelberg have this to say about accommodation. Group members using the accommodation conflict style give in to other members at the expense of their own goals. Accommodators have a genuine desire to get along with other members. They believe that giving in to others serves the needs of the group, even when the group could benefit from further discussion. A group member who always approaches conflict by accommodating others may be perceived as less powerful and less influential. For leaders, this is one of the hardest ones to identify and keep control of because depending on somebody's personality, it shows itself differently. 
For example, each of us have had a very agreeable team member only to find out later that they had different ideas or thoughts and they just didn't wanna get in the way and share them. And most of the time, it's gonna be on the leader to identify when this is happening and call it out, but sometimes you get lucky and your other team members will point out when it's happening for you as well. Now, if somebody on your team keeps giving in on a position or an idea or is always happy to go along with somebody else, don't be afraid to call it out. I've led a couple of teams of people who had accommodators on it and the best solution I ever found was just to ask them usually multiple times, hey, is that really what you think? Because if you value your whole team's input, then you're gonna wanna make sure you find your accommodators and flesh out their ideas for everybody else to hear. Because just because accommodation doesn't look like an aggressive conflict style doesn't mean it won't negatively impact your group. Number three, competition. Wynn and Edelberg say this about competition. The competition conflict style occurs when a group member is more concerned with their own goals than with those of the group. Competitive members want to win. They argue that their ideas are superior to alternatives suggested by others. Approaching conflict competitively tends to divide group members into winners and losers. Ultimately, this may damage the relationships among group members and prevent a group from achieving its common goal. So I feel pretty passionate about this one, so passionate that I'm gonna take all of our next episode to talk about competition, both in ministries and in your church. But for now, I'll keep this short and I'll say this. If you're working in a church uh, and your team starts competing either with each other or with the church down the street, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Competition about ideas, or what I sometimes call methods, almost always requires people to turn away from the mission to some degree. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. You can't hold on tightly to both your mission and your methods. If you hold on tightly to your mission, your methods kind of are always a little bit looser. They can change and that's not a big deal. But if you hold tightly to your methods, even when you think it's a good one, your mission is usually the casualty. So when you've got a group that's in competition mode, it usually means that everybody is thinking about themselves and their big idea, and people have forgotten about what the big idea is, whatever that is you're trying to accomplish. So the best thing to do here isn't to call out a person, it's to call out the mission, the why. Ask people as a group why they think their idea accomplishes the mission well, and then ask how they think others accomplish the mission well. Try to show everybody that ministry is a team sport, and that competition isn't the goal, completing the mission as a team is. Number four, compromise. Wynn and Edelberg say this about compromise. Members who approach conflict through compromise argue it is a fair method of resolving problems because everybody loses equally. However, when each person gives up something in order to meet others halfway, the result is only partial satisfaction for all concerned and commitment to solutions will be questionable. Now I'll admit, we don't usually think about compromise as a conflict style so much as we think of it as a conflict solution, but this point here should be really well taken. When everybody gives in on something they really believe in, it often feels like everybody is losing equally. And in theory that sounds fair, but in reality it might not be. There's a difference between being fair to a person and being fair to your mission or your goal. If your church's mission is to spread the gospel message, I'm not sure that only committing halfway to accomplishing it because you might hurt somebody's feelings is the greatest strategy. 
Compromise can be great when you're stuck or at an impasse, but be careful not to get there too quickly because compromise for compromise sake can be a dangerous way to lead because keeping everybody comfortable sometimes will then outweigh the importance of fulfilling the mission. And as a result, your church will start to drift away from its mission slowly and eventually you'll have drifted so far that nobody will have known how you got there. For more thoughts on Mission Drift, you can listen to our episodes on it and download our free Mission Drift assessment tool to help know when and when not to compromise. Well, that's it. Four conflict styles and practical ways to deal with them. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you like and subscribe the podcast or our YouTube channel. And if you think somebody needs to hear this content today, but they gave up on the internet when cell phones lost their QWERTY keyboards, you can go to our website for them, churchhelper.ca slash podcast and print out a full transcript of today's episode so that they can have all this information too. Make sure you go back and check out our series on Mission Drift that I mentioned before. And if you've ever got any questions on that or anything else, please feel free to reach out to us through email, hello at churchhelper.ca, or you can go to the Get Help Today tab of our website. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes to help your church make every decision on purpose today. My name is Mike, and I'll talk to you again really soon.